Hello and welcome back to the Decap Recap. My name is Lukey. For the past two years, I've been hunting bears with my bare hands, and I am obviously alive for it. But I'm also alive for other things, such as films, and I'm here with my reoccurring guest, Joe, and we're going to be talking about Prey. Hello. Thank you, you for pray? having me back on. I do pray. <laughs> I pray to this movie because it's good. Bless up little Tim Tebow in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> little <laughs> national park. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, because I just came across a bunch of my friends who told me they have never watched the Predator movie, like what? a single one. Yeah. What? Yeah, That's that was insane. just this week, and I was like, how is that possible? On, on what earth can you live in America and not know of the 1980s like, action hero franchise, The Predator? Right, which was at least also the first movie. Yeah, and even though the first one was a literal parody where they're just like, who's Rocky going to fight next, a fucking alien? <laughs> <laughs> and then we get... One of the best alien suits in Hollywood history. <laughs> so, I have to ask you, uh, uh, Joe, how yeah. do you feel about this film? How do you feel about Prey being it released on Hulu, being it a prequel? Because prequels can yeah. be kind of a, a, you know, a dead end for a franchise. But what do you it's, think? You know, okay, so first of all, I'm, I'm glad, I'm happy that it's a movie that seems to be getting decent word of mouth. Um, because the Hulu release had me as like a predator fan the hulu release had me kind of concerned because like i don't know anybody who gets like hype for hulu originals but yeah. i mean according to hulu there's no actual numbers according to hulu it was a pretty big release for them and i'm like again i'm happy to hear that people are like watching it and enjoying it i wish it had been released theatrically I, especially mm. nowadays i'm a little bit picky about what movies i choose to go see in theaters just because you know yeah, global pandemic notwithstanding just you know it's like it's, it's kind of expensive, and you got to go out and plan your day around it and stuff like that. So uh, normally, I don't, you know, I don't go to see every single movie in theaters anymore. But this, I would have gone to have seen in theaters. That's that's fair. I would have too, because it is a solid action film at the very yeah, least. Absolutely. I forget the enough, It's got hmm. enough like interesting effects in it and stuff like that to make to where I was like sitting at home watching it, and I was definitely enjoying it immensely. But I was like, dang, this would have sounded neat in a theater. <laughs> oh, surround sound up the max. Like, because a lot, a lot of those films, besides just practical effects, is you have to, like, create the scene, and the score can make or break a Predator movie. Like, um, I think the two least uh, popular Predator movies, and one is just because I think it's a little jank, the score, The Predator, right. and then Predators. Because mm -hmm. Predators just repackages the original Predator movie, but then you have the same soundtrack. Yeah. So it, it's this weird, like... You know, you're getting the same vibe, same routine, literally same action scenes verbatim, just with different mm -hmm. characters and different setup in that film, in, in Predators, but then the exact same soundtrack. Like, I was, I was re-watching it just yesterday, and I was like, wait a minute, this is exactly the same as 1980s stuff. Like, they haven't changed it or right. modernized it, so it's yeah, not its I, own thing. I feel that way about the Predator score, too. I mean, I was, you know, I re-watched all of the movies leading up to this one, and that was one oh, of the God. things that struck... Well, that was one of the things that struck me about the Predator that I that kind of kills that film a little bit for me, is the fact that, yeah, it's a lot of the same motifs, a lot of the same, like, notes and everything in terms of the music and stuff, and I was happy to hear, like, all new music for Prey. And it's yeah. funny that, like, a lot of people are referring to it as a prequel, because, hmm. I mean, technically it is just because it takes place in the past, but I'm... I'm just kind of like, I don't care about continuity or canon anymore. So referring to it as like a prequel seems kind of silly to me because it doesn't really have any connections on a narrative level to any of the other films in the series. It's just another Predator sequel. Yeah. 
it, it basically is, and it's... I like this movie. I like Prey. I will say my plight is the same as, uh, like, or the thing that, that uh, uh, irritated me about the film, not the film itself, but the re- release and not being theatrical, mm-hmm. because The Predator got a theatrical release, and I watched that in theaters uh, with my cousin, and it was in California, so they had, like, a, a, an open bar. It was one of the theaters where you could drink. Sure. So I'm having Jack Daniels trying to watch The Predator, and I'm like, I need more Jack Daniels. And then for this <laughs> film... Prey, like a good movie, like good movie sober or non-sober, but I was just like, God damn it, how come this didn't get a theatrical release? Because it was perfect. It was I know. A, mm. okay, it's kind of, well, it's kind of everything that I wanted out of a Predator sequel, and it, it you know, because it wasn't too silly, it wasn't super dark and brooding and serious, it was just like a really well-made action movie that was just kind of like nonchalant about how well executed it was. Like, it, it's not, like, a huge movie. It's relatively small scale. There's no, like, world-ending stakes like they yeah. added in, like, in The Predator or anything like that. It's just kind of, like, this contained, intimate, you know, hunter-versus-hunter action horror film. And it's kind of like, yeah, it's like, yeah, let's return to the roots, but let's, like, switch up the formula and make it different, you know, in terms of, like, who's actually involved in the conflict. I think... I, I think it is interesting when, the, um, like you said, when they switch up the formula, when they add in, where it's still, you know, uh, hunter or be hunted, but it's just uh, uh, different, like different demographics of folks having to deal with the same problem, right? Because the predators right. don't change. The predators have the same routine every movie. Maybe their tech changes, better gadgets, what have you, but no matter what, Predator is a predator. They're going to go out and they're going to, you know, rip someone's head and spine out of their ass. Like, that's just what they do. (laughs) Now, because you watched all the films in preparation for this film, uh, Prey being, I'm curious. Do you see, because just watching the the ones I did and regurgitating in my mind the the, the plots for the, uh, uh, the original and the newest one, it seems like they always repackage the same formula, and not in a negative, but it's always repackaged the same formula, right? Same scenes, just different uh, uh, different aesthetic, I would argue. How do sure. you view it? I mean, if there was one thing that I could say about Prey is that it doesn't, I mean, it. what it's got going for is it is, yeah, it switches up the time period and, like, the people involved. I think the biggest aspect of this movie is the fact that it has, like, the, you know, takes place it's a period film it takes place in the past and it stars like an all indigenous cast and those are like you know radical changes not for like predator films but i think for like science fiction in general i yes. mean like as far as i know there's been no other hollywood film that's been released alongside a comanche dub track like that's that's huge that's kind of a big deal but like yeah. i yeah. i mean if it's got one thing it's that it's there's nothing particularly surprising about it in terms of like structure you know like i'm not one of those people that's like scrambling for a movie where like the predator wins at the end like i don't think we. Do that, but, but it does kind of you know it does kind of hit those same beats of like you know as the movie goes it gets more and more isolated until it's just this one-on-one battle in the night in the woods against this alien hunter and you know oh, the our protagonist wins they overcome the insane odds and it's like you know it's stuff that i want but there's nothing there's no wild twists thrown at you um Aside from the characters in the in the setting, which is huge, it's a big difference. But yeah, like well, the character setting, the the idea that there's not just a language barrier between you and the predator, but the predator 
the Comanche and then the uh, uh, the fur trappers because they're not mm-hmm. colonists. This is 1715. This is before the colonists. This is just like people who discovered America and were just you know exploiting it for right. uh, for for game. Um, but like there are, I think certain scenes or certain action scenes do. I wouldn't say they have like a deeper meaning, but they deliver differently just based on the context. Like um, in the in the first Predator movie, right, the mm-hmm. character who is of Native American descent, right, when he rips off his shirt and he has the Bowie knife and he cuts himself and he's classic. like, classic. He's a badass. He's like, I'm gonna go out swinging, and then he dies off screen because it's just mm-hmm. the idea that he can't face the Predator any more than anybody else can. But that whole scene plays out again in Prey, but it's the it's the colon or it's the, the the fur trappers, right, and they're they're just cutting uh, the Native American brother of the main character, the Comanche character. They're just cutting her, uh, him for fun, and it's in the exact same spot. Mm-hmm. And so, like again, because instead of it being self mutilating, it's more of showcasing like the violence and brutality of that era. Because everyone is fighting with everyone. Like th- a lot of people don't want the main character right to go out and hunt because they're sexist, so she has to literally beat their ass. <laughs> right. And then, like, like no one, no one is negotiating. Like, everyone is fighting for something, and that kind of showcases in just taking like the iconic scenes from the first Predator movie, and they just repackage it where it's like, oh, it's everyone is just gunning for everyone. It's not uh, self mutilation. It's torture. Yeah, and well, one of the cool things that I liked about this, and this became more apparent to me on when I rewatched it, is that there's actually like long stretches of this film numerous times over where there's just really no dialogue at all and i think we learn a lot about the characters in the movie um just based on how they respond and retaliate to violence which is true about the original too everybody has a different way of like um of approaching the action um Mm -hmm. and this is true to a lesser extent um in films like predator 2 and predators is like everybody's got like their weapon their, their yeah. thing that they use to defend themselves and how they interact with, like, the alien hunter kind of informs... tells you a lot about a character's personality and how they're, like, interpreting the situation. Which yeah, I think this yeah. movie does really well. Um, way more than any of the other sequels. It does, because it's... The main character, she's learning in real time, like, how to deal with the Predator, how to deal with the fur trappers, how to deal with just, like... Like, she has to adapt to everything, because yeah. the environment, you get the idea that everything is the jungle. It's the law of the jungle everywhere. Like, with the bear, the wolf, like, the whole scene where she is just being hunted by other animals in the area, because you realize, oh, this is, and this is the wild. Like, this isn't Yellowstone National Park, regardless of what our minds might think of. This is a fucking crazy land with bears running about. And then the Predator's like, yes, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's that's what I did like about this movie. Like, you know, they, they kind of, all the marketing established was like, the Predator's first hunt on Earth. And, and what I like about what this movie does is how the Predator is kind of shown to be like working its way up the, you know, the ecosystem's ladder of Predators until it gets to, you know, the, the real game, which is people. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a cool way of kind of, like, character developing the Predator. He's, like, going after more and more dangerous prey throughout the movie until he finally, you know, is hunting humans, and then he gets really reckless. Yeah, and the uh, the, the the visual storytelling, where he's invisible, right? There's an ant 
just uh, spoiler alert, but not really a spoiler alert. Like there's just an ant crawling on him, and then that gets mm-hmm. eaten by uh you know a bug, and then or and then a mouse eats the bug, and then it's a it's a snake, and then you get the idea that you see visually, oh, it's a hunter that it's going after whatever it sees as proper game, right? Uh, and then the characters discover that at least the ones that survive long enough to discover that who don't just get like fucking zooted immediately. But, uh, I don't know. It was, what do you think of the predator design? Because this predator looks, you know, it, it's, it's modernized to a degree, but it's also kind of primitive in its, where it, it doesn't have like, you know, the plasma cannon. It doesn't have nearly as yeah. much. Uh, I, I love the predator design. I've seen a lot of people kind of complaining about just the way the face looks and stuff like that. I thought it was cool mm-hmm. though. And I mean, I like the idea that like, I mean, for the most part, you know, we're like five movies deep into the Predator franchise. Seven, if you count Alien versus Predator. And for the most uh. part, we've, we've been kind of seeing variations of the same kind of, like, bone and muscle structure in regards to, like, the face of the Predator over, mm-hmm. you know, all the last few years. And so it was interesting to see somebody design the Predator in a way that looked, like, kind of radically different. Like, you could tell it's the same species, but, you know, it's like... It, it had a different face to it, which I liked. Um, it did. And, and then scaling back the technology was really smart, too. I mean, because it not only, like, makes sense contextually going back in time, but also, like, you know, having... Downscaling the Predator tech um, while still making it dangerous sounds like a difficult thing to do. And stuff like the three-bolt... Uh, like, the bolt gun that it has was sort of, like, an interesting way to parallel it with, like, the human weaponry of the time, like arrows and muskets, like something that needs yeah. to be reloaded after it's been fired. That was cool. I I enjoyed that, but just because it's still terrifying in just the sense that because you can't destroy any of the alien tech. Like throughout the entire Predator franchise, the idea is that everything that is uh, made by the Predators, right, is uh, uh, it's like light, but it's sturdy. It's like material that is completely foreign to us. Mm-hmm. So, and then you put all that into what is basically like a trick shot arrow. Yeah, and that thing is fucking terrifying. But uh, yeah. I think. Okay, what about the, um... Because the gadgetry we, we can dive into. How'd you feel about the shield? Because the shield was... It was, like, the newest gadget. And it was kind of terrifying for me at, at one point, just because, like, the main character literally gets into a rock in a hard place with mm-hmm. it. And it's just... <laughs> I thought the shield was neat. I thought it looked cool. It was something that I hadn't seen a Predator whip out before in any movies, which kind of surprised me. It, like, when it came out in the movie, I was like, oh, I've never seen a Predator use a shield. Um... And then it, not only did it use it to defend itself, but it used it in creative ways, too, to, like, decapitate people. That was kind of... It was neat. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, most of the gadgetry we see because of the, the fur trappers. Because the fur trappers, who I assume are French, maybe they're Swedish, they're not really, like, they don't tell you the, the, the language that they're speaking. It's definitely French. It makes sense for the area and the time that it took place in. Okay, okay, we'll go with French, because there's just... You know, there's a lot of people who discovered America before Columbus. Fun fact. But <laughs> <laughs> the Fur Trappers might be some of my favorite characters, and not because they're decent people. It's just because they have the audacity, right, where they're going out, they're murdering buffalo, just, and they're not even eating them, right? They're just going after the, uh, um, uh, the furs. And then they see or hear about or, like, start to discover that the predator is around, that there's, like, some sort of, you know, beast or alien they've never seen before. And their idea is, dude let's fucking take this thing alive. I'm going to yeah. show this to our superiors. It's going to be fucking awesome. Like, 
just the sheer audacity. And I mean, like, yeah. I, mean, I when when this movie was announced and I had heard like the you know the premise and stuff like that, I thought that was like. I kind of expected something to be going on in it thematically, like the idea that you know this is like a newly you know it's it's seventeen hundreds. This is when like colonizers started to come over to America, and so you do have that kind of built-in story about uh, about you know with the predator in regards to like a foreign like a strange foreigner coming to America, um, yep. you know, and sort of like fucking up the lives of like the indigenous people who already live there and, yep. and taking things for itself and treating everything like it's a fucking game is, is like built into like the setup to ha- of like a predator coming into that time period to that specific place. And so, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see kind of like, you know, like, <laughs> the, you know, the predator kind of go up against like a different breed of like nasty hunter. Yeah, in the and form it, of like the French fur trappers, and and the whole time it's just like, because to me the predator is just like the the most masculine bro archetype villain, like because that's what it is. It's just like the eighties action hero, but if it was made into a religion for a species, right? Right, right. <laughs> and then it, it it so it's 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 clearly on some level usually a, a parody of like you know, uh, of a, a Western, I wouldn't say masculinity necessarily, but more so just, like, Western violence. And so the idea of, like, why are we attracted to the idea of someone who can, you know, hunt a lion or hunt, like, a dangerous animal? Because it's it's not for survival at one point. You know, the whole point for the predator is, like, he doesn't have to be here. He just does this. Right. I will say halfway through the movie, I thought the, the only plot twist they were going to add to it was that the predators didn't they didn't come here to hunt us that they learned to hunt us because we were hunting them like they came Mm. down and and we would be like why are you guys hunting us and they said because you guys hunt us (laughs) we do what you guys want us to do (laughs) i mean that's that's kind of like what's sort of like scary i guess quote unquote about the predator is like a horror movie character too is it's kind of like it's this weird like you know it's it's this advanced alien that's like you know, it's created faster than light travel and it can, like, go to all these other planets and has all this amazing tech, but its entire culture is built religiously around violence and murder. And so, in a weird way, it's kind of like a warning, like, you know, this is where we could be if we keep developing weaponry and we keep, you know, becoming more and more um, prone to conflict and more competitive with each other. And it's like, you know, why we shouldn't be seeking thrills out of you know violence out of hunting things that are yeah. lesser than us because at that point you get into a superiority complex and then you get into like a manhunt and yeah. just n- never get involved in a manhunt <laughs> which well which is what i like about this predator so much in about the particular predator in prey is that it, it's so what its confidence is it's undoing it gets yeah. so reckless throughout the movie and it gets more and more you know willing to to do crazy shit and and go out of its way to hurt people and it's eventually is kind of what ends up like getting it killed oh yeah because it it doesn't it like it also is an audacious character where it doesn't see uh once it doesn't see you as a threat it doesn't predict that you would adapt like it would adapt right so for the main character right she's dealing with uh, uh like in the first act it's mainly a superior uh superiority complex or sorry inferior co- inferiority complex where she just wants to prove herself but she she's not prepared for all the craziness to come but as she adapts as she sees uh uh what can happen to it 
uh, or what can happen in the um, with the predator. She figures out ways how to how to subvert it, and the whole point is that if you what you don't see as a threat can be the most threatening. Because right. she's hunting it. Like, for most of the movies, she is trailing it, and sometimes the predator trails her. But for the most part, like, she's the one... She's not being chased. She's the chaser. And, I mean, that's what this movie has going for it, is the fact that it's it's easily the most story-driven film in the entire franchise. And so you have, like, that character that really... It's a really identifiable identifiable character arc and the fact that you have this character who is being underestimated by everybody yes and then she goes up against this like insane adverse almost impossible adversity that she's also being underestimated by and she ends up overcoming it is you know is it's a you know the classic story arc but it's more than what you got out of the previous four predator films because there is an idea that if she slips up once she's dead because in, the, mm-hmm. in the, the final act, right, she is just wailing on the Predator. The whole mm-hmm. time, she doesn't give it a chance to adapt. She doesn't let that thing go, go away or re-camouflage itself. She's like, no, if you don't kill it now, it will come back and kill you. Like, there's no two ways about it. Because that's what happened with her brother. Like, her brother literally uh, uh, had the skills, right? Like, he was able to, to wound it. But once he lost it in the camo, he was like, oh, this thing's too fucking fast for me. Like, I'm done. Yeah. Like, it, it's already killed me because I let it slip, and I didn't know it could do that. And w- what's cool is that it, it's everything that our protagonist, Naru, learns about the Predator throughout the movie is applied at the end in the fight against it. And so yes. she spends the whole movie kind of, like, observing its abilities and, like, it's and trying to find, like, it's the weak points in its technology and is able to kind of, like, use all of that against it. It's very, very cool, you know... Prey becoming the the true hunter kind of thing. It's a neat neat little character arc. It was it was very interesting. I liked seeing that for most of the movie, it's her adapting, and and making weaponry like that suits her. Mm-hmm. She makes rope. She makes rope out of. It's like a very subtle scene, but I I think it's actually really cool. She makes rope out of just like tree bark. Yeah. Like she decides that oh she needs something to. She can't just throw her her hatchet. She needs to be able to pull it back. I can't make rope. You could put put a gun to my head, gun to my family, tell me to make rope out of bark. I would never be able to it's pull that off in an afternoon. Not a goddamn chance. Like, that's a skill. That is a goddamn skill. I would not survive a day in 1719 America. There's no way. <laughs> oh, it's just... There's a lot of limb chopping in this entire film. Like, the other franchises, people lose limbs all the time. But in this one, it's double digits, right? Yeah. I noticed on the second time I watched this movie, I noticed, like, there were, like, six times that people got their legs chopped off below the knee. I was like, why is the Predator going for everybody's shins so much in this movie? It happens a lot. Well, the first guy who does it, like, the first guy who gets his, like, legs chopped off, uh, uh, he stabbed the Predator in the foot. And I yeah. think it's just being petty. It's just like, you right, motherfucker. And then it goes, oh, shit, that works. I should keep doing that to people. Yeah, it just becomes, like, it's like a video game when you're hitting red shirts, you know? Whatever works, you just keep on doing. Bam! 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 I thought this movie had really, it sounds kind of messed up to say, I thought this movie had really great kills in it. um, (laughs) Without without going too, well, without going too gratuitous with it. Okay. people, People get, like, fucked up in this movie, in, like, really, like, brutal, like, like, nobody gets, like, burned to a crisp by, like, a laser or anything too fantastical. It's just a lot of, like, people just, like, getting maimed and stuff and i was kind of worried you know i think the big 
concern a little bit in the back of everybody's mind when, you know, hearing about a Predator movie being technically being released by Disney. You're just mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, they're going to kind of dial it back a little bit. But they really didn't. Some pretty brutal stuff in this movie. If the director, I forget the director's name, but he's the same guy who directed uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Mm-hmm. Dan Trachtenberg. Yes, thank you. And he, in general, with his with his uh, movies, he doesn't seem to pull punches. Because te- mm-hmm. 10 Cloverfield Lane is another film where it's mainly, it's low budget, where it's mainly based around the actors being able to act. But the scenes are so uncomfortable in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Like, yeah. it's just... Like John Goodman in that movie, oh, he's 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 creepy, but he's so good at playing a creep. Anyway, to double back, the main point is like that guy, that director does not pull his punches, and I'm glad that he was able to get away with so much. He's I will an interesting say, dir- oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say like one thing on the kills, one thing on the kills that I thought was going to happen in the third plot because they show it in the in the um or in the third act because they show it in the first act when the predator kills the wolf. It's the only scene where we see the Predator actually, like, you know, carve something up and, like, pull out its spine and skull. And I thought that he was going to do the same thing to the main character's dog. (laughs) Like, she was going to lose her dog and her brother, like, it's a sad country story. And then it would have been personal, personal. Because if you show a dog getting, like, beheaded like that, that would be more shocking to people than seeing, like, a bunch of fur trappers getting beheaded. (laughs) So somebody mentioned that to me when they were talking me about the talking to me about this movie. They were like, "The scariest part was not knowing whether the dog was going to make it or not." I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, "That's that's really like the big toss up when you're watching like monster movies that feature pets. Is like, there's really no way of knowing if the dog is going to make it or not. I'm glad it did at the end of this one. <laughs> uh, like, I'll be honest. If they killed the dog, it would obviously would have been like tragic and like dramatic as shit. But I yeah. kind of wish they went that route." <laughs> just a little like it's nitpicky it's very nitpicky but and it's morbid nitpicking at that but right. like then then we would be on the same emotional level as the main character because like it's very hard to understand what it'd be like to lose a brother but everyone can imagine what it's like to lose a, a dog like her brother wasn't enough for you you had to get the dog you had to name the dog to, the <laughs> to bro truly cool. care about what was happening <laughs> but just because it's, it's more objectable to like modern day America, right? Like, if you show a dog die in cinema, people act like you just left a baby in a hot car. <laughs> I just feel it. That dog was such a good performer. I'm so <laughs> glad it made it to the end of the film. And it contributed. It contributed to the final, to the final blow. Yeah, team, like a, good teamwork. And, and that payoff. Because they show the teamwork throughout the entire story that she's trained the, the, uh, her, her pet very nicely. And, like, that he is capable of hunting as much as uh, 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 she is in the entire film. So, yes, the dog, like, props to the dog. Cute dog. Glad it survived. I'm just saying if it died, I would have been, like, full-on vengeance mode for, like, yes, fucking destroy the predator now. Like, I like how that thing looks, but it killed a dog in front of my head, in front of me. <laughs> and it, like, you know, I'm talking full dis- dismemberment, the whole shebang where it pulls the <laughs> spine, the skull. Like... Because that would have been dramatic for the audience to see, but uh, alas, it wasn't meant to be. And it's fine. Uh, again, I, that's like me being as petty as I can be with uh, a kill in a movie. <laughs> I mean, the, I, what's cool, I mean, they, de- they, like I said, they, they kind of backscaled the Predator technology. It's definitely like a more not primitive Predator, but again, it's just sort of a less technologically advanced one. And what's cool is that yeah. despite the fact that this movie is so 
kind of small scale and isolated, the body count is pretty is pretty high. Yeah. Which really like heightens like you know how dangerous this thing is, and so when she triumphs at the end of the movie, she's able to defeat it. It's like it's a real victory because it, only this one person was able to take down this serial murderer from space. Very much so, and just the idea that we'd have to deal with one of those motherfuckers when you only have muskets and melee yeah. weapons, because like. You know, you see the Predator take on miniguns, bazookas, flamethrowers, like the whole fucking works. But muskets? Yep. Like, the, oh my god. It's just not fair. And you can <sighs> tell the Predator is having fun with it. Because it, it lets them shoot it. It's just like, I don't give a shit. I want the scars. Hit me in the right. head. <laughs> Joe well, Pesci you know, me. <laughs> I'm so glad that the, the discussion online since this movie has come out that I've seen the most of is people just pitching their ideas for other standalone predator movies set in different time periods in different countries i think that's so cool because again the older i get the less i care about canon and continuity (laughs) and and really i think what's so great about this movie is that we've seen so many movies about alien visitors coming to earth and then the premise being how does the how does the u.s government respond to that situation i really think contact with an alien is such a massive, broad, universal concept. It's so cool to see a movie finally, you know, take a specific group of people and be like, this is how, this is how they would interact with it. And, yeah. and so I think The Predator, you have like a, like a built-in mythos where you can do that all over the world now. I think we, for subsequent Predator films, we should just bounce around the world in different times and just give everyone on Earth the opportunity to like fuck up a, a Predator. <laughs> it's kind of what I want to see going forward. I agree. I agree. And I, I like the idea that, you know, they're not, the whole film is not about space travel. It's not about trying to comprehend, you know, a species or an alien species uh, uh, that is superior to you in technology. It's none of that. Like, for mm. the main character, she's just like, it's a Wendigo. Like, it is a demon from, well, from our legends. So you get the idea that, and it kind of, I think that's why they made the mask look more like a, a, a skull in the first place. Right. Is that some people were pointing out in line, they're like, oh, they're trying to put it in line with uh, uh, Native American uh, uh, beliefs at the time because it's the idea that they've been doing this for a long time, that this isn't the first predator to land on, on uh, Earth necessarily. It may have mm-hmm. you know, had others century, centuries before. Um, and I do like that idea. I will say, on this podcast specifically... Two years ago, when we uh, uh, did an episode, uh, our previous episode of the Decaf Recap on The Predator, mm-hmm. me and the boys came to the same conclusion. We were like, you got to send it back in time. You got to send it in Western period, uh, feudal Japan, right? Yes. Pirates of the Caribbean, like any situation like that, definitely fun. Yeah, and I mean, like, it, it's insane to me that it took us this long for the movies to start doing what the Predator comics have been doing for decades, which is exactly that. (laughs) It's like, again, you just, like, Predator 2, the ending where he, where the elder Predator hands Danny Glover the old gun from 1715, you're just, you're like, from that moment on, you're like, great, there it is, it's built into the lore, the Predators have been coming here for, for many, many, many years. So it's like, it's crazy to me that we're only just now getting the movie that actually explores that concept and this, this is where I have a question for you then, because you've recently watched all the Predator movies, all the ones, yes. good and bad. 
I've seen them many times, but this was the first time that I actually like marathon them back, back, back. And and I salute you for that. Uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy you for that. But just just I have to let you know. I have to let you know. The like Predators. Predators is one of those films I have a soft spot for. Yes. I personally enjoy that film because it takes the Predator. It does the same thing where it repackages the story we've already known. Right, it takes the original, repackages it, changes the formula just a little bit. Where it literally shows you like the old traps won't work. You gotta uh, 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 subvert the genre a little bit and make something new. But in context, they could take it a step further, in my opinion. After this film, because the whole point is when they can't go- come to Earth because it's too cold or something like that, or because they can't just reach us uh, uh, via spaceship, what have you. They usually grab people who are like rejects, right? And they right. put them on a planet, and that's what Predator is all about. It's like a battle royale planet or uh, uh, a game preserve as they call mm-hmm. it. Hear me out. They could do the same thing again. The only difference they got to do is what if the Predators are cryogenically freezing people from time periods that they enjoy? Oh, shit. Because I, I don't know about you, but if you watch the end credits, there's no end credits scene for uh, 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 Prey, but if you watch yeah. like the end credits... Uh, as it goes, there's like just a little uh, montage of uh, of cave paintings, right? Of just uh, Native American paintings depicting the story of our main character and her and struggles. The ships, the ships show up at the end. The, sh- the ships yes. show up at the end. What if they cryogenically froze her, the dog, maybe a few other Comanches, mm-hmm. and you could technically you could bring it back into maybe it doesn't even have a time period. Like we don't know if it's the future or if it's the present, but it's that battle royale world, and it's people from like you know. 12th century, 15th century, the 1920s, all of and that. You put them on the game world? Yes, yes. That's and pretty smart. Because they've already hinted at that. Even in Predators, they're like, they have a, a samurai sword, right? They have like feudal Japan as a reference for uh, uh, that, they, that the Predators have been hunting there as well. So it's just like, why wouldn't they keep prime stock of, some, uh, of warriors throughout time? Well, see, that's a really smart, because my, you know, people are... are you know, like a decade or so later, people are really kind to that third movie, Predators. Um, from what I see online, everybody kind of, before Prey came out, everybody had kind of agreed that it was the second best Predator movie after the first. I, I don't agree. I like Predators. It's, it's a, I like the grim tone and the, the setup is so great. It's, it's a really good idea. My beef with it is that it doesn't cash in on that concept very hard. Like, yeah, yeah it takes place on another planet, but it's not weird enough to really like warrant that reveal like for the most part they're just in a forest and it's just a retread of the first movie um but that's an interesting yeah that's that's an interesting idea that would kind of shake things up as you take a bunch of different people from different time periods the reversal of that i saw someone online suggest that they make a movie set in like ancient rome where the romans capture a predator and force it to fight in the Colosseum. (laughs) so it's like gladiator yeah like gladiator (laughs) with a predator i thought that sounded dope too that would be cool, but hear me out. I would only tweak that a little bit because I'm a, I'm, I'm a little bit of a history buff on uh, Spartacus. Spartacus sure. being the guy who did the whole slave rebellion against uh, uh, Rome and the Empire of Rome. What if you have it that time period, Spartacus, the whole slave rebellion, but Spartacus is the predator or is uh, aiding the predator in its escape? Ooh. So it's it's not just a slave rebellion Spartacus style that we all know and love. It's the predator is also there, and and it's not outside <laughs> of the realm of reason either because we 
there have been many human team-ups with the Predator in media yeah. before. It's happened quite a few times. And they're, they're fun, but, like, I don't know. I, I'm, how do you feel about when the Predator speaks? Because there's always a moment in the, in the film, especially with the original one, where it does speak. It can understand our language or communicate with us. It just feels above us, right? Like, for I like, it. Sh- I, I like <laughs> it when the Predator speaks. I don't have a problem with it. I don't think it should ever speak in, like, complete sentences to somebody. Because, again, yeah, I think that idea is that it, it kind of it sees us as, as game. As prey, so it really has no reason to hold a conversation with anybody. But some people are bothered by the fact that the predator laughs at the end of the first film. Really? He's got the, yeah, that evil laugh. But it always made sense to me as he had recorded Billy's laughing earlier in mm. the first act of that movie, and so contextually it figured out what laughing was. And at the end of the movie, it's kind of replaying it in yep. Arnold's face. Oh, and, I like and, oh, the predator kind of parrots human speech. It's cool. And when it does that, it's pure psychological warfare. It's not doing that just to be playful. I mean, it's a little bit playful uh, in nature, but it's mainly supposed to be psychological terror. Because both in Predator 2 and Predator, whenever you hear the Predator speak, it is meant out of spite. It's meant being like, okay, you hurt me. I'm going to say ow. I'm going to say ow in your language. I'm going to say fuck you in your language so you understand how pissed off I am. I'm going to regurgitate your best friend's lines or laughter in my own chuckle. That great bit in Predator 2 when it grabs Danny Glover by the throat and calls him a motherfucker. It's awesome. (laughs) And then they're just stuck on a ledge. He's like, your move, asshole. Shit happens. (laughs) It's great. It's awesome. uh, There is a scene in Predator 2 that is legitimately scary when the Predator's on the subway and it just decides everyone in L.A. is fair game because everyone's Mm -hmm. strapped. But it, it regurgitates the, the child's line, wants some candy. Yes. Right before it just, like, guts another uh, 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 rookie. And it's just, like, that's a horrible way to go out. Mm-hmm. Like, to die on a subway in L.A. in some weird fucked up future where, L- where L.A.'s somehow worse. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I know you already did the Predator podcast where you went over, the, you did the series of retrospective and everything. So I don't want to go into it too much. But Predator 2 is an interesting movie to me because it's got... Mm. Great moments in it, but I think it for the most part it's a really like clunkily directed movie. I don't think the action in that movie is very good. It's You're kind not... of I, I noticed I I actually watched it twice in okay. the last month. I, I watched it once to refresh myself, and then I had it on in the background one night while I was working again. And people are really kind to that movie. It's kind of my least favorite Predator film, but what I do like about it is how it sort of like recontextualizes the Predator. Not only by, like, taking it from, like, the jungle to the city, but you also have... It's a bigger movie with a bigger cast, and it sort of explores the idea that, like, now the Predator on Earth is significant because human agencies are aware of it, and it's sort of, like, bringing out the inner hunter in us. And you have, like, groups of people who are, like, hunting the Predator back because we want his weaponry. That's a cool idea, which is... The Predator expands on that a little bit, and that's what I like about that movie, too. I think... Exploring contact with an alien species is an interesting avenue to take these movies. It it certainly is, and it would be like I, I think eventually what they what they could do is they got to show like the one person who has been like accepted into the predator tribe where they're like you killed one of our dudes and you killed him pretty awesomely. Come with us. Because, yeah. like, seeing someone who's rolling with them, right, like, decked out in their armor, which we've already seen in, like, Predators, uh, and in The Predator to some degree, but just, like, if they were, f- 
if someone was fully involved in like the predator and their way of life, and then they just come back down to earth or whatever, and maybe not like as a protagonist, but like maybe as an as an antihero or as an antagonist, where they're just like, dude, you have no idea how dangerous these creatures are. If we went to war with them, we would die. Like you that, want to stay as game. That's the lead character of the original Alien versus Predator comics. Is mm. a woman named Machiko Noguchi, who's like an executive at the Wayland Yutani Corporation, who is like really sick of her life as like this like soulless corporate entity. And she <laughs> ends up like she ends up joining a predator clan. And that's like her arc across that original comic book series is her like feeling at home with the predators and then realizing like, wait a minute, this isn't where I want to be. <laughs> These like violent assholes. Awesome. Son of a bitch. Why haven't they made that comic? Into a movie, like goddamn! <laughs> the Predator, Alien versus Predator movies, fumbled that concept so hard. I really, mm. I people bring up Alien versus Predator all the time as like a really silly concept. I think it really could work. I have a lot of faith in that in that concept as like a really serious story that you could tell. No one's really done it yet. But Not I'm yet. Hoping, no. I'm hoping somebody tackles that with like a real serious belief in the material. They. There is certainly room for it. And, like, people want to see Alien vs. Predator again because there's, like, you know, the, the fight scenes in, in, with those, uh, with that uh, versus uh, uh, is, is endless. It's yeah. just the idea that you can, like, do a lot of it. You can make an entire, like, you could take the original AVP, and uh, I've heard many people say that if you just fast forward to, like, the uh, get rid of the first half of the film and the second half of the film is all you watch, or mm-hmm. that was if the second half of the film was the entire film, where it's just a silent film of just action because you don't you know you don't talk to the predator the predator doesn't talk to you and, and throughout the entire film it's just like you know this is a bomb like this is going to be acid proof like i'm showing you everything you need to know to survive and help me hunt down the aliens you could like again you could make an entire silent film or like a mad max fury road type of film yeah. where it's it's very little dialogue it's all about the action it's you know it doesn't it doesn't have to be big on plot it's just about what, the idea of being a badass. <laughs> what I think you need to do is, is, is th- I mean, first mistake right out of the gate that the Alien vs. Predator movies make is that they take place on Earth. You should never yeah. do that. No movie featuring a xenomorph should ever take place on Earth. It's just against what that character is to me. I think to make an Alien vs. Predator movie, it needs to take place off-world, and you need to have the Colonial Marines in it. Yes. Those are two necessary ingredients to that concept. And... If you do it off-world, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to revisit the first two films, AVP and AVP Requiem. You don't have to do any of that. You you can literally, like like Prey, you can abandon all other continuity, keep the tidbits you like, and just, like, make a new flavor. Just go with it wherever it is. Make it it, stand alone. Yes, totally. And if you really want the smorgasbord idea, you take... Your idea with the colonials, my idea with the uh, uh, um, cryogenically freezing historians, combine them. <laughs> yeah, sure. The the colonials from the future, right in Wayland Tech, they find cryogenically frozen uh, uh, humans that were going to be hunted by the predators. So then the predators are pissed and come after the colonials because they're like, "What the fuck? You mess with our trophy case." I don't know how the aliens fit in there, but you get my point. It could easily just be. A catastrophe, like a battle royale that makes no sense, but everyone would want to watch. <laughs> the movie should be called, like, Alien versus Predator versus Colonial <laughs> Marines versus Roman Gladiator versus Paul Revere. Yes. Be the movie that you make. 
Yes. It would be sweet, and I would watch it. Like, the whole long-ass title. Like, fuck it. Throw in Napoleon Bonaparte. Throw in Hugh Glass. Like, all the badasses one can name from history. <laughs> just throw them in there. Like, yeah. have, have fun with it. Because, like, at this point, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't care about the continuity. I just want to see something whimsical. Even if it is stupid in idea, it can still be a good time. That's what I've learned. I, I, I think the... the the Predator, Alien vs. Predator movies that do exist are kind of self-aware of the fact that they think they're kind of silly, which I think <laughs> works against them. Mm. I, th- I, I, think it, I think you could make an Alien vs. Predator movie that has like a legitimate lore to it that could actually be kind of scary and also work as an action movie. I'm waiting for somebody to do that with it. I, I agree with you. In concept, if I had to like figure out a way to digest it or even like contemplated i would say it would have to be like uh walking across uh, uh, a tightrope mm-hmm. and and the idea is that on one side you've got the vicious murderers which are the uh, and game hunters which are the the predators and then on the other side of that rope you've got uh, uh, uh the aliens which are literally supposed to be a a, a, a symbolic hor- horrific a horrifying symbol for a uh, uh, for rape for yeah. uh, uh, for power for all that like it's it's a parasitic organism that does not give a fuck about consent so the idea is you have these two very vicious animalistic mindsets that even today in in, in modern day culture uh, uh, you know the cruelty and talking points between the idea of like you know uh, treating someone as a lesser like an animal and 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 the uh, concept of of rape and the power that uh, people attach to that all of that you could add talking points throughout the entire film and like the main characters are just trying to survive right they're not trying mm-hmm. to become the predator they're not trying to become the alien they're just trying to fucking like survive and stay human but they have all these vicious actors around them yeah and i mean that's that's always was my concept it was like so in the alien versus predator lore everything always starts because the predators are breeding the xenomorphs specifically for hunts. Yeah. And that concept kind of works to me, but it always bothered me because I always felt like it took agency away from the Xenomorph. Yeah. When all those alien movies are about being really far out in space and places where you're not supposed to be and going against against some kind of creature that you have no control over. So if it were up to me, I would change the lore and I would make it so that the aliens and the predators have been at war for each other for like millions of years and the predators had to become a hunter race because of the xenomorph right okay would be kind of an interesting concept and then i think the story that you tell there is about humans kind of wedging their way in between that conflict and sort of coming to the realization that we're not at the center of the universe right yeah that is a cool idea yeah i i would enjoy that because you gotta it's gotta like you gotta bring down the idea of like human beings Man is the measure of all things, sure, whatever. But the problem is, we are small in mm. in comparison to the universe and you know uh, celestial bodies out there. And yeah, like like we go to the moon, and there's a psychological effect that happens to us to like astronauts who have been to the moon and come back, where they're just like, oh, the entire Earth is my home. Like right. this is all we know. And then you, if we venture out past that, first we would have the audacity to be like, you know, like colonists, oh, we're the, the, the OG of the universe. And then you come across all these other alien life forms that are more adaptive, more dangerous. And all we can be is just kind of, you know, we can, we can just hold on to our humanity and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to make it into like a horror action film, 
you show characters who are not badasses, who are like just like the like in uh, in aliens, right? Like the colonists, the people who are not part of the uh, Space Marine Corps or anything like that. Just the people living. Like, you know, you're just like a, an eight-year-old fucking child running about while this battle royale is happening with you. Because how do you... Because that's traumatic, but how do you survive that? And it could just right. be... Oh, I, I, I enjoy the concept now. Yeah, there's really big ideas in there that I think are worth exploring. And like I said, it's like you have these Predator films that are kind of about how, like... A, contact with an alien race and how that turns us into like competitive hunters on our own terms but then you've got the alien movies that are about you know like again like being out in space in places where you shouldn't be and like the dark secrets that might be hidden in like very like perverse corners of the universe and stuff like that and those two things can kind of mesh with each other you can tell a really interesting story that way i agree i wish they would go for the alien franchise quick uh, tangent i wish the alien franchise went more in a direction of like Lovecraft, not in size, where it's like, oh, the aliens get bigger, but just right. in the in the idea of like quantity and scale. Yes. Because like, once you have like one of those fuckers on your colony, it spreads. Like it, it grows bigger. You know, it, it changes the entire environment to suit its needs. Like the whole point of it is, it's like a, a a gangrene infection that you have to cut off, otherwise you die. Right. And seeing that, but like on a planetary scale, would be interesting because like. First, if you made a, a movie where, like, a short film, first 15 minutes is just the alien slowly taking over an entire colony, and you just visually see that from afar, like, that's terrifying. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's like seeing a massacre that you can't stop. Like, uh, it, it, there's a lot they could do with it, but I don't know. We'll get into the Alien franchise another time in, like, length. I was just because say, I this was the Prey podcast. I'm sorry to go off on, like, a huge tangent, but... Nah, you're good. <laughs> well, to, to, to bring it back, there's one thing I did want to talk, uh, check with you about with uh, uh, the continuity. Because we've already expressed that the continuity is not necessary for the Predator franchise to make a successful movie. But there is some weird, you know, jagged uh, 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 continuity. And I think... It, it it gets kind of good for me with prey with uh, or with uh, uh, predators because it's the idea that they introduce not one but two different like subspecies of the predators. Mm-hmm. Like they they like they they mention it very briefly, but it's kind of interesting to me that they, that there's bigger ones that there's bigger predators that hunt the smaller predators. They have some sort of blood flu feud or something. They don't go into uh, uh, depth with that, but the idea is the bigger predators. If you kill one of them. They don't leave you alone. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he kills a small predator, and the predators in continuity are like, oh, he killed one of us. He's worthy prey. We're going to leave him be. Like, he proved himself worthy. The bigger ones are like, he killed one of us. Okay, we're going to learn all the shit this motherfucker does, and we're going to hunt him down. Like, they get Mm -hmm. more interested. They get more into the hunt, and they just want to eliminate all the things that, like, can harm them. I wish they would explore more of that. Because the idea of having, like, one predator that has, like, a moral code, but then a bigger predator that's like, fuck the code. Yes. Mm, I don't know. I wish they did more with that. And then the predator came along, and you know you know where that one goes. See, uh, okay. So here's, here's my thing, is, like, I consider myself a pretty big predator fan. I always have been. Okay. Um, people despise the predator. Mm-hmm. Um, until Prey came out, the predator was easily my second favorite film really series after the first yes yeah yeah, yeah. okay you're going <laughs> to have, have to elaborate have <laughs> good justification for this i i totally uh, the story is is terrible the ideas it presents are so stupid borderline offensive but what 
I mean, the, just the everybody was like surprised when it came out that it was a comedy, and I was like, this film is written and directed by Shane Black and Fred Decker, and if you go into like all their previous collaborations, The Predator to me is a spiritual sequel to the 1987 film Monster Squad. It's the same tone and what? setting and vibe and jokes. It's the same sense of humor. It's a creature comedy from the 80s. It's like somebody pulled a, a script out of a drawer from like 1984 and made it in 2018. It's, it's a monster comedy. I you, like it. <laughs> you make me want to watch the Monster Squad movie. I'm aware of that movie. I didn't, I didn't watch as a kid. Yeah. You make me want to watch that movie, then watch The Predator just to like understand the parallels because i agree with you the predator is comedic it's way too comedic for like what i thought it would be but (laughs) people were surprised that it was a comedy but i was like i'm aware of who made this movie i walked into it in the theater knowing that's what it was going to be if you watch monster squad and the predator back to back they make a great double feature god damn (laughs) okay i mean when you sell it to me like that like, you have my attention. You do it, have my attention. It hits the same... This is so weird to say. The Predator hits the same spot for me as movies like Gremlins or, like, the Blob <laughs> remake or, like I said, Monster Squad, The Gate, all these all these weird 80s monster comedies. The Predator fits into that weird mold for me, and I like it for that. I I can see that because in the the, the thing that offended me when I first watched The Predator was there's all these scenes where they... They tell you that like there's this big predator, right? It's it's evolved itself. It's it's evolved itself to like be not just uh, uh, um, like high tech, but it has like organic powers as well. That yeah. it, it splices its own DNA with that of the things that it's hunted that it like deems worthy to be part of its body. That as a concept was kind of interesting, but then you see the fight scenes and like they light the predator on fire, and it's literally like you said, it's like a nineteen fifties movie where it's just like walking around like fucking Frankenstein. Yeah. And like they're <laughs> they're hitting it, they're punching it, and it's not doing anything to them. Like it's the most it's the apex predator, and it's literally just taking hits and yeah. not hitting back. I mean, here's the thing, is like it's it's a movie, it takes place in like this weird, like, East Coast suburb takes place yeah. at night, and it's about a group of misfits who are all tracking down a monster in the woods, kind of around Halloween time. And I'm like, you have all seen that movie, like, a dozen times over. Why yep. do you hate it this time? Because you loved it all those other times. I don't get it. Because it offended bro culture, all right? Bro culture I, thought it was going to be something serious, bro. I, just, I understand <laughs> that that's not the movie that people want out of the Predator franchise. But I'm okay with it. I think there's there's when you've got seven movies featuring the Predator, it's okay to have one that's like a silly comedy. I appreciate it for that. That that is fair. Um, it, it, viewing it, taking the director in mind in on that level and understanding that okay, it's it's much more of a uh, uh, an action comedy. Fair, fair. But if they're gonna, I don't know, like if you're gonna do an action comedy in my mind, you don't pull your punches at all. Like, you go for the comedic jugular. I'm talking Hot Shots Part 2. I'm talking Naked Gun. Like, maybe not in, in like, full slapstick where you can tell it's cartoonish, but, like, just in the idea that, like, those, those funny videos we used to watch on YouTube where, like, you know, someone got hit by a car. Not dead, but, like, they flew funny, and therefore it's a funny thing. Like, those... 
you're asking for the movie to be clever, essentially, <laughs> with its humor, right? I, I might be asking too much of it. Yes, yes. Yeah, I totally agree. And I will fully admit that it, the, the Predator is a broken movie. It's obviously, like, the third act of that movie was completely reshot, and there's scenes in it that are cut together in really weird ways that don't make sense. But yes. just the fact it's so, it's so juvenile. Like, it's just constant swearing and, like, dick jokes. And it's like, they don't make movies like that anymore. Not since the 80s, when they made these, like, awful monster comedies every so often. <laughs> okay, but they literally they literally could have had one of the characters, I shit you not, like, they could have just had one of the characters punch the predator in the balls, and then just someone say, Predator's got balls, and I or Predator's got nards. And I would have redeemed that that film by at least two stars. It's, it's like this <laughs> close to happening in that movie. It gets, gets this close to having that exact scene in that movie. Ugh, it's just... And then you get Prey, which is, instead of trying to build up, like, you know, this apex predator that's a badass but doesn't do anything, it's just, oh, we're seeing the upcoming of a of a badass. Yeah. And a and a predator that is a fucking juggernaut like lunatic. It wrestles a bear, right? And the bear wins. Like it can body out the predator, and then it's just like, okay, now I get serious. Like that uh, kills it one punch to the head. Just yeah, it's it, out a bear. It does. It, the predator does to the bear what Hugh Glass had been trying to do to that bear for a goddamn decade. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and the argument that I see from a lot of, like, losers on the internet against Prey is that, you know, it's a, mm. a kind of misogynist argument of, like, oh, the main character is such a Mary Sue, she's not a badass, like, like the cast <laughs> of the original Predator. And I'm like, okay, but the different uh, Prey does not stray from the classic Predator badassery, that specific brand of cool. Right, the, right. The difference is that you're seeing the origin story of that particular brand of badassery. And that's what I like about it. It's yes. the most character-driven film in the whole series, and it's easily the most artful any in that regard than any other movie in Predator's history. Cinematically, I agree. Like, like Predator, or sorry, Prey is put together very nicely. Like, like, I can watch it as an action film. I've watched it twice. And the second time, I was like, oh, there's a lot actually happening here where... You get the idea that there's just like you know everyone's vision is being obscured at one point. Like she's when she's sinking in the uh, uh, the mud. Technically mm-hmm. speaking, the predator is right behind her, but it doesn't catch up with her because she's in the mud. It can't see her. She doesn't know that yet, but we as the audience know that. And the idea is that you know she has to get out of the mud trap, but at the same time, that's why the predator hasn't just like taken her out right then and there. It didn't know she was there. And then later on, she catches up with the predator. The predator catches up with her, but it doesn't view her as a as a threat because of the bear trap, because of the X factor, which is like the fur trappers for like the first half of the film. Like there's structurally, all the fight scenes are put together where you can track what's happening, where people are going, what's happening, or what's yeah. gonna, uh, or how things are gonna develop, just based on skills, and it's fun, and. I know for a fact Reddit is going to have a field day red-pilling this film for the next decade, but you know what? It, it fucking works. She puts on the fucking blood as war paint at the end of the film. Like, <laughs> It's awesome. I totally yeah. believed in every action this character made in this movie. She was relatable and she was likable, and the whole plot of the movie was her proving that she's not out of her depth. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. But that, that end scene, that end scene of her being accepted by her tribe, 
is still kind of like a cautionary tale because she gets what she wants, but not in the way she imagined it. Like, she's lost mm. members of her tribe. She's lost a brother. She has endured captivity and, like, you know, uh, faced death multiple times. And at the end, like, she won. She conquered. She proved herself. But she just has that look in her eyes. Like, she does not look like she's happy at all because she understood, like, the cost of what it took yeah. to, like, achieve that. At what cost? And I, think that's like, and I think that's, like, kind of a running theme in these Predator films is, like, how interacting with the Predator kind of, like, ruins us. It turns us into, like, competitive monsters. When hunting for dragons, make, uh, make sure you do not become one yourself. Like, exactly. It, I wish, uh, last tangent I'll have on uh, um, Predators, but I wish that in Predators they showed more of that. We were, like, they kind of get close to the idea that you know, all the characters are psychopaths or close to because they've killed so many people or hunted so many people, and then they redeem the main character, and that's, you know, Selavi, all that. But it's just seeing a character go, like, completely red-pilled, like seeing a, a character you think is a good person and they completely go off the deep end like the Predator, and mm-hmm. then you have to kill that person, like, you know, uh, kill the man as much as you have to kill the Predator, I feel like that could be also be interesting. But they kind of mm. show that with the the fur trappers because the fur trappers don't give a shit about like their fellow man in that film at all. Right. You know, no. they they find a new people who have like you know been living in North America for thousands of years and like put them in cages, use them as bait. They mean <laughs> nothing to us. We have muskets. What do they have? The ability to adapt and take on a fucking alien? Nah, we have muskets. We're gonna win this, boys. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's another, it's it's like it, an interesting parallel to the Predator itself where they're, they're literally, they're, the French fur trappers are just another group of alien invaders who are getting way too overzealous with their actions and need to be stopped. <laughs> they do need to be stopped, and I think they're stopped. Like, the main character, she clearly believes in an eye for an eye, or at least a, a leg for a cut on the chest, because like... Yes. Just the fact that they show her knock out one of the fur trappers and out of revenge for basically setting up the murder of her brother, she's just like, I'm going to take off your legs, man. Like, oh, yeah. she I, used... I like, it was cool to see her like, like catch up to that, that last fur trapper and use him as bait to lure the predator. It was like, yeah, that's probably what that guy deserved. Yeah. Like, she, I, she might not be cold-hearted enough to, you know kill herself, but she'll, she'll let the Predator do it. If, if you're chopping off legs, and I mean, I get it, you know, if someone murdered my brother, I'd want to chop off some legs too, but, like, just how they, like, you get the idea, it is the law of the jungle. It's the idea that you, there is no, there's no order, there is no Western civilization yet, there's none of that crazy shit. What there is, is what you can do to get some form of justice, for, like, for yourself and your tribe. And it shows, and it makes sense. Like, you know, like, she... Everything she does, she does because it's, it's the necessary for survival. And she realizes that, like, the thing itself, the predator itself, is not stop, stopping hunting anybody. Like, it wipes out the fur trappers, so it would probably wipe out a tribe just for shits and giggles. Like, it's no different. It's just, uh, having said that, when she Joe Pesci's it, when she, <laughs> that's how I've described it. Because, like, she, <laughs> it's just, she Joe Pesci's the fucking predator at the end of Goodfellas. Like, that's what she does. Mm-hmm. I she I you know I like this lead character a lot. I think my my 
my favorite lead character out of any of the Predator films. It's just such a clear, defined arc, and, and Amber Midthunder just feels so at home in, like, the action horror hero role. Yes. He's a very cool character. I, I agree. Like, the uh, the cast, the crew, like, everyone, every, like, everyone's role in that is a lot of fun. Like, everyone mm-hmm. is is doing something where I'm like, okay, no one is hindering the film in any way. If anything, I wanted to see more people on screen. Like, not any more, like not more talkative or exposition parts, but just the interactions, right, between so many different worlds. Like, because, and you get the idea that most of it, again, is like a silent film. You could just mute that film and understand exactly what's happening and the audacity and malice of, like, the bad characters. Because the bad characters, right, put people in cages, use people as bait. Like, it's that, and then it's an eye for an eye. It's the law of the jungle. Like, they could easily show like you can mute that movie and still understand exactly the plot and i enjoy that because it's visually telling you what's happening and we need more of that like more mad max more prey um i don't know battle royale scenes i'm obsessed with battle royale movies in general so (laughs) there is there needs to be more of them there there should be but it's just i don't know it's not like it's it's hard to redo like predators is kind of that but it's hard to like you know make a sequel off that because you kind of know what you're going to get into, uh, just in the idea that it's going to be more over the top madness. But if it's well executed, I don't mind because like Prey rehashes a lot from like the franchise with like you know little uh, Easter eggs, and I never felt like those were uh, not meant to be there. Right with the catchphrases, um, just the scene with the pistol, uh, the the uh, cutting across the chest. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that was like. A rehash. If it if it bleeds, we can kill it. Yes, yes. Like, makes an appearance in the film, and it makes it makes perfect sense. I mean, I would have loved to see some of the Comanche characters just say, "You're one ugly motherfucker," but that's yeah. You know, that, like that would make it more comedic. Where it's just like, how would they know that? <laughs> like, right? They probably well, have a word that's the equivalent of that. <laughs> you know, it's it. Like I said, it's like structurally, it, it prey is not a particularly surprising movie, but just what's so what. What's, what warrants it existing is just the fact that it's such a fresh, hmm. you know, paint of, of culture for a movie like this. Just yeah. the, the, the people that it concerns itself with is, like, such a big deal and just, like, it warrants so much of, like, like why even make this movie at all is to just, like, you know, have, have let's make a movie about, like, Native Americans fighting an alien. It's yeah. such it's a cool idea. I'd never seen that before. And I, I agree with you. Like it's it's one of those things where it does not have to be a new idea. It just has to be fun to see. And like yeah. if someone it just has needs like to be a fresh take on an old idea. Yeah. Fresh take. Like get get involved in the culture, show the mythos, like because there's some great like mythology across the board from like all cultures and whatnot. And to showcase that in an action film I don't think we're like, I don't think we're past that. I don't think we're above that. Like that is something that can be enjoyable if mm-hmm. the source material for both the franchise and the culture is taken seriously, is not taken uh, 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 lighthearted, but instead it's just like, okay, this is the way of things. Right. This is like what we're going to dive into. This is like the, the perspective we're going with. Um, Did you watch I, the, uh, oh, sorry, hmm. continue. Oh no! I'm just I'm just rambling now. Please, please. <laughs> I was gonna say, did you watch the Comanche dub? No, there's a Comanche dub. 
Yeah, okay, so they okay. had... They, uh, they had all of the actors in the film record the dialogue a second time, and the movie was released alongside an official Comanche dub. It's kind of hidden in the Hulu options, but it was one of the reasons I wanted to rewatch this movie before coming on this podcast because I wanted to watch it in the other official language, and it, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. It's it's I, obvious okay. it's obvious to me that it's a dub because obviously because you know the characters' words are not matching the lip movements, but. Yeah. You're reading subtitles anyway, so you're not really noticing that. And I'll be honest, when I first watched it, I kind of was yearning for that. Just like, because I, I don't mind watching a foreign film. I don't mind watching a foreign film. Well, not to say that it's foreign, but just the idea that I can't understand the language. But right. the idea that I would watch a film, and even if it doesn't have subtitles, even if I can't understand the characters at all, you can still understand body language, gestures, and like... It forces you to, like, just enjoy it visually if you can't mm-hmm. understand the native language. And that can be fun, too. So I'm going to have to watch it a third time because I wanted, when I first watched it, I was like, why? It would be super trippy if they did this in Comanche, the language yeah. of the Comanche. Because then I'd be like, okay, then I'm just invested in the action. Like, not to right. say, ah, oh, damn it, it I got to watch it again. <laughs> It kind of changes the movie a little bit. I was surprised by how different of an experience it was the second time watching it in a different language. And I've heard some people say that, like, oh, they only did that because, you know, people would have been upset if they weren't given the ah, option. Ah, yeah, yeah. Of, but it's, I really don't think so. I remember the director, Dan Trackenberg, talking about how initially they wanted to shoot it um, in both languages. But logistically, it just wasn't working out, so they ended up doing a dub instead later. And it's clear to me that the movie is edited with the language options in mind. There's a lot of, like, dialogue coming from off-screen and, like, just the way the back-and-forth conversations are shot are kind of conducive to a movie that was meant to be released with two language options at the same time. And and it's, it's why, like, watching it a second time, it's why, like, the fact that there's long stretches of this movie that don't have dialogue stood out to me. Because mm-hmm. I was reading the dialogue and keeping up with it at, like, a different kind of pace. And so when people aren't talking and all their actions are informing the story, it kind of, like, stands out a little bit more. It's a cool experience. And also just the fact that, like, there isn't another Hollywood movie, certainly not a Hollywood action movie um, in Comanche. It's, like, the only one of its kind that currently yeah. exists. It's kind of neat. Very cool that they did that. I'm I'm impressed by that because that is that is something I did want to see. Like I, I wanted to have that uh, uh, experience, and now I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it the third time. Uh, not begrudgingly in any way. Like I, <laughs> like this is a film I can definitely just binge and just rewatch just to be like, how did they put that scene together? The practical effects is something we haven't gone into yet, but you, like you know what I mean. It's just there's so much eye candy where it's like yes, yes, mm-hmm. like oh my. God, and and I, it's all the same actors too doing the same voices, so it's not like there's a disconnect where it's like it's just obviously isn't Amber Mid Thunder speaking. It's it's actually her just speaking another language. It's cool. That, it's really neat, and that's impressive. Like anyone anyone who can just read or practice or knows a second language, like I salute you because like just being able to read and think in a different language or having to attempt the challenge is tough. And I say mm. that as a dyslexic person who's really trying to learn Greek in his pastime. <laughs> so just the idea of like, okay, there's so much that I just want to ingest from that, just from, just from a, lingui- a, a, a linguistics perspective of just how does that change the film? It kind of it, it's adds an extra layer of authenticity to the setting. My one gripe with it 
hmm. is that the only subtitle option that Hulu offers is closed captioning. So you also get all of the sound effects in parentheses. Oh. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, why did you do that? Just give me the dialogue. I mean, at that point, though, I mean, you, you know, you could kill two birds with one stone with that. Like when, when the fur trappers put her in a cage, you can just have the subtitles say bigotry, bigotry. Every yeah, time. they don't. They don't do that. They don't give you the translation of the French, uh, the French dialogue either. It's just completely just unknown what they're saying. Still, it's great. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm so okay with not knowing what the French is saying. No offense to the uh-huh. French, but I've looked at their that their at their language and how they put together like uh, the word hors d'oeuvres, and I can't spell that. And yeah. so I'm I'm petty. I'm petty about that stuff, and I want to see my pettiness being shown in a film. <laughs> I don't need to know what they're saying in Prey. I know everything that they're saying is just hateful shit anyway. So it's fine. What I if what know. what if they just they had they had the the uh, uh, English subtitles for the French colonists, but it's all black boxed. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all censored. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like it's 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 something you can look it up, but <laughs> oh my god, no, that's uh, that's I commend them on that. The have we have we missed anything? Is there is there anything particular about this film we have not covered yet that you're like you want to let people know? I'm looking at my my letterboxed review that I wrote of it. Hmm. And that's kind of everything, honestly. Like. It, it's, it's a good movie with a likable character and a, a very clear, identifiable arc, and it offers a new, fresh take on not only this, you know, the franchise in general, but also the Predator itself is different enough to kind of, like, be a little surprised by what it can do and what it looks like. Yeah. It's a, it's a very well-made movie. It's the second best movie after the first one, easily. Yes, because you, you can never outdo the original. I mean, it's the 1980s, and you got a, a young Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think, in a lot of ways, it is a better movie in, in some <laughs> regards. But man, that first Predator, that movie ages like a fine wine. The first <laughs> movie's Predator better movie. now than it was when it came out. Well, the first Predator movie is just the typical 80s action heroes, but if they had to deal with like it's, realistic guerrilla warfare. It's the deconstruction of the of the 80s action movie. It's what if we took all your favorite invincible action meatheads and they accidentally walked into a slasher movie where they all got picked off by a Jason Voorhees from space. It's yeah. fucking beautiful. It's so simple. And like even the the only thing that the the first Predator movie I I can say off the top of my head uh really has going for it is all those characters, all those 80s action characters, you see how audacious they are, right? They're invading a foreign mm-hmm. country. They're doing a black ops mission that is not fully sanctioned by, like, uh, oh, yeah, like, yeah. like it's, it, they're, they're not good people. And they're audacious, right? Like, they, one of them is literally just like, dude, you're bleeding. I ain't got time to bleed. It's like, yeah, that's not how that a, works. <laughs> all, those, all those jabs, all those, like, subtle jabs at, like, you know, the Reagan era Cold Warfare. Yeah, and they, they literally take, like, just a woman hostage because they think she might know something about the cartel or the the people that they're going after. So like she's she's bound in bondage the whole fucking film. The only one who gets away though, uh, uh, without a scratch, just because you know she's not considered a threat. So the first film still comes from that '80s perspective of like you know women are not '80s action heroes, and then this film just takes the '80s uh, prey takes the '80s action trope, throws it in there and be like, wait a minute. Ladies can do this too. What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> like, it's not. I don't. I don't view it as a full feminist piece. It's just like 
equal opportunity in wanting to survive. You know, if I had 100%. to choose. <laughs> I mean, so, it's, it's like I said earlier. See, contact with an alien is too universal of an idea to only ever see one kind of person deal with it. Yes, a hundred percent. Different people from different groups from different parts of the world and different times kind of going up against a predator. Let's keep doing that. <sighs> I mean, if you like, and I can get really niche with something I've always wanted to see, like in, in history, but fight a fucking alien. Cause uh, when I first mentioned to, uh, on the previous podcast about this, when I first mentioned it, I told people I wanted to see the Mongols fight the predator. Cool. <laughs> Just because, if you look at how, like, they're, they were, like, a warrior people who thought it was their uh, ordained right to rule the world, and they got super into, like, archery on horseback. So just the idea you could have a chase scene of, like, the predator running down a horse, and they're just mm-hmm. shooting arrows off of it, um, or, or arrows off the horse towards the fucking predator. I don't know. Like, again, I do not need too much context other than the idea of predator hunting a culture that is just, you know, like, that is not esoteric, but esoteric to the Western American civilization. Like, right. there's, I think there's something called the Kazakhstan Warriors. Uh, they, were, they were, like, these weird uh, 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 tribe of, like, mercenaries based in, in what would now be Ukraine and, like, uh, uh, Eastern Europe. And they were, like, in the 12th century and stuff like that. But, like, they were just tatted out, they were Orthodox Christian, they were Muslim, they were Hebrews, they were everything, but they were just these uh, 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 musket-carrying, sword-fighting, like, just badasses who were, like, just all about... They were, like, just all about individualism and living off the land and shit like that, and I'm like, why can't that be shown in a movie? Because, oh, wait a minute, people don't know what the fuck this culture is, so it needs something we're familiar with. We're all familiar with the fucking Predator, so the predator can be the segue into understanding the perspective of another people. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the, the formula for a predator movie that always works is let's take a situation that's already happening where there's, like, some other factions that are kind of... There's a situation that's already happening. Yeah. And then how does the addition of a predator sort of screw that up for everybody involved? So let's take that and, yeah, let's explore other cultures with that. Let's go to other time periods. The last pitch that I'll throw out as a good, bad idea, uh, which does 180 my just previous claim, is uh, Predator in the Civil War. Abraham Lincoln fights the Predator. (laughs) (laughs) There's a comic book series. There's a three-issue comic book series that I have. No. (laughs) Called Predator, Hell Comes A-Walking. No, my God. The Predator ends up in the Civil War. It's kind of cool. Okay, well then, to be more original than that, Predator versus Teddy Roosevelt. Because Teddy Roosevelt was a fucking madman. <laughs> I was going to say, I want to see Predator in the trenches in World War One. I, I want to yeah. see Predator gone to hunt in the no-man's land between two warring armies that got to figure out how to work together to fight it. That would be cool, but if, if I saw that, I would want to also see the... Uh, uh, it had to be some, like, not the American perspective in World War One. Do something like the British... French, yeah. or, uh... It's gotta uh, be different. Or if you really want to get, like, fucking crazy, go with the, uh, uh Canadian, uh, uh, troopers, Canadian rangers during World War One. They, they, yeah. they were fucking psychopaths, like... That would be perfect, <laughs> because, it, again, that's just a weird group that we haven't really seen a movie about before, so do that, go that route. I, I think have... the most, the most obvious route for a next Predator film is definitely that samurai pitch. 
that I oh. keep seeing passed around. Yeah, they're going to do the samurai pitch 100%. 100%. Everybody wants it. Everybody already knows how that would go down. We just all want to see it. If, if they're, if they're going to do it, though, throw in... Because like, Feudal Japan has a lot going for it and is just like history that is epic and vicious at the same time. Like You have the farmers who hated the samurai who then became ninjas to fight the samurai. Like Literally, just farmers figured out ways to combat the samurai uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, with, you know... With stealth, with sickles and chains and, like, just weights and shit. So seeing just not the samurai necessarily beat the predator, but, like, a farmer, like, just a low-class feudal Japan farmer have to figure out how to fight the predator. Same arc. Same arc as what Prey is. It could work so well. There's so much going on in feudal Japan in terms of, like, what was going on in that time in that country that it's like, what if you threw a predator in there? How would that completely change the way that people respond to these situations that are already happening. And if you, re- like, the only way, this would probably not work for the franchise, but as, like, a, a miniseries, what if they made it into an anime? Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I can see that working out a little bit. Like, it would, I would definitely, obviously, Japanese studio animates it. Yeah. Mad Madhouse would be my favorite, just because they go, like, nuts when they animate, but... Anyone, I'm picturing like, that right now. I could see that very vividly in my head. <laughs> and and then you could get like the R rating, right? Where you're showing like like anime 1980s gore and blood, like Akira, like where you don't give a fuck. Like <laughs> hell yeah, please, dude. Ah, <laughs> oh, it'd be fun. It'd be fun. So yeah, there's I th- I think we agree. There's still potential with the franchise, with the character, the concept of the uh, the predator. Um, it's just a matter of like. Who wants to take the risk? Because it is a financial risk to invest in a Predator movie, but if you do it right and you just finesse it and you work with it as a movie or you work with it as uh, an action franchise, it's fun. And people will show up for it. It doesn't have to be something, you know, crazy whimsical or it doesn't have to be that, but it doesn't have to be complicated or like Christopher Nolan-y. It just has to be, you know, a good action movie. And we want more of that, (laughs) I would argue. It just needs to be, you know, just keep hiring people who believe in the concept, who have solid ideas, who have pitches that they've been working on for, like, a long time, which was the case with this movie. Yes, and I think there'll be so many more pitches like this, and I'm I'm for it. Like, throw me anywhere. Egypt, feudal Japan, anywhere. Just anywhere where it's just like, okay you're going to have an experience and there's going to be a lot of decapitations. Like, yeah, let's <laughs> fucking go. I mean, I'll watch any Predator movie. I like the, I like the Predators. Just make anything. I'll watch it. <laughs> That's fair. You've heard, you've heard it here from Joe. Make anything. <laughs> Just make anything. Just put a Predator in it. I'll watch it. It's <laughs> all right. Well, I think, I think we've covered the Predator and we've solved all the world's problems with the colonists. I think we're there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'll come back on the show again when Predator vs. Ghostbusters comes out. We can discuss that. Oh, son of a bitch. Which iteration of Ghostbusters do you want the most? Oh, <laughs> good question. Well, there's no getting the original crew back together, so I guess 2016. No, let's have them fight the new kids. The new kids? <laughs> the, I have the good Predator vs. Ghostbusters Afterlife kids. Okay, but that would be too much like Stranger Things versus the Predator, which I'm not against, but... <laughs> Let's do that, too! Fuck it! Let's do Stranger Things versus Predator. <laughs> Fuck it. Animated, Japanese studio animates the kids next door versus the Predators. <laughs> Bet. Let's... Yeah, let's go. They, where they out-tech him. They reverse-engineer the Predator weapons. <laughs> out of gum and staplers. 
and two by four in plastic, like good American children can do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, the early two thousands. All right, well, Joe, it's been an honor. Thank you so it's much been for an this. Honor <laughs> Thanks for having me on again. Everyone out there, uh, don't lose your head and uh, be a macho man. I mean, it worked for the first film, so it can work now. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a macho man. You'll, the predator will come after you if you do that. Just true. don't draw attention to yourself. Be the step. Be a sigma male. All right. Just be sigma. <laughs> just have your sigma grind set. All right. Be under the radar. Yeah. <laughs> Predators a, only go after alphas. Just don't. Don't be that. <laughs> oh God! Now we're gonna go to the alpha. Alphas and betas. Just, just go through the whole Greek alphabet of just male uh, archetypes fighting the predator. Ugh. I've uh, lost track. There's too many of them. It would be so gross. Like I would want to see the massacre, but it'd be so gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, people. We're done now, for real. It's there. Be safe out there. <laughs> <laughs>